0: On today's show, Tim Hardaway Jr. will not be back for the playoffs this year, Jason Kidd told us. What does that mean for the Mavs going forward? And Nico Harrison sat down with WFAA's Mike Leslie to talk about the Christophs Porzingis trade, which is now the Spencer Dinwiddie trade. And can the Mavs get a seat at the table in free agency? We'll learn that for sure on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luke Lenczuk, and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast.
1: I don't believe you shouldn't be
0: here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. Inching our way to 12,000. It's our goal by the end of the playoffs. 12,000 subs. Help us get there. And joining me. As always, my co-host, writer, contributor at mavs.com, the table setter, the one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? <sighs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no Luka Doncic against Houston. Are you are you worried or not? Like is this I mean, Houston, they're going for the top one of the top picks. They they want Chet Jabari, one of these people. But still, they can't blow this game.
0: Has anyone told the Houston players that? Are the players tanking Isaac do they care? Does Steven Silas care? Kirk so, Panic yeah. Face cares. Yeah, no, I am not Nick Van Panic Face today about Luka Doncic not playing against the Rockets. Um it's tight. I mean, everything is tight right now, right? The Mavs are a game back from the Jazz. They can, you know, they can pass them or get it within a half game if they win the game against the Rockets. They're also only 3 games back from the Warriors who just lost to Orlando. We'll talk about that in a minute. And they're a game and a half up on the Nuggets now who just beat the Clippers tonight. Two you know two and a half games up on the Timberwolves. That's not even that big of a gap. There's a smaller gap between them than there is between the Mavs and the Warriors. So it, it's all real tight right now. So I understand people that are like frustrated and thinking, okay, well, Luca's just going to rest tonight. Uh, I think Luca needs this night. Watching him in that Timberwolves game, watching him, you know, just the the times that you don't see on TV, right? Just watching him and on the bench, walk around on the court, like the times that he's just not prominently you know on tv he looked tired like he just looked tired he looked over it and i think he needed a break and i can understand that as a person that works and has a job sometimes some days you just need a break and i think that luca may need one and uh this can be this is the Mavs need him to be at his best they need him to be at 100 and completely ready for any kind of playoff success like doesn't matter who they're playing jazz warriors you know maybe nuggets whoever it is They have to, he has to be 100% ready. And if he's not, then the Mavs have no shot anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that we're this close to the end of the season and they could realistically finish three through seven. Like, that's a huge variety on how far they could finish in the standings. But, you know, when you look at the schedule, it's like, you know, if you want to set Luca for a game, you want to rest Luca. Well, what's your options? Because you want to do it against a team that you obviously have a really good shot of beating. So it's like, how many opponents are you going to play from now to between the end of the year that are trying to lose to get that draft pick? You're playing Houston this week, and then I mean, turns
0: out they have the worst record in the NBA. <laughs>
2: uh The Lakers suck, but you know they they're not trying to tank. So then you look at like the Wizards next Friday. I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think no, he's going to. No,
0: you can't sit. You can't sit him for that one.
2: <laughs> he's not going to sit that one. And does uh, that
0: one have implications to it? I don't, I don't know. Is there a thing there?
2: Uh, How much is Spencer Dinwiddie going to like playing in Washington?
0: Bradley Beal so, went on NBC and said that they he would, you know, he really needs a bigger guard that can get into the lane and get to the rim next to him. That's the kind of guard that he needs to play next to him. That's what Bradley Beal said on NBC. <laughs>
2: I'm glad he has Porzingis. So, but then, you know, that next week, you know, you have Detroit in Portland. It would not shock me, you know, if Luka sets out one of those games. But it's just, you don't have very many opponents that are trying to lose right now. So that's, you know, that's what they're trying to do with Houston.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, and so Luke is not going to play that game. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not going to return this season. We had thought when the injury first happened that Tim was going to be out and then possibly be back just for the start of the season. The end of his you know, injury was going to put him right about April 10th or 11th or so. That was like if we took the exact timeline of when the injury happened, that's when he would come back. Jason Kidd said today, do you think he's, you know, he said back to her, basically this is a weird quote to say on a podcast. You said, do you think he's going to play in the playoffs? I don't think he is as of right now. That's a quote from Jason Kidd quoting back to the reporter that asked him if Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to come back. Um, so Jason Kidd doesn't think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to come back this year. What does that change for the Mavs?
2: You know, I think it just puts a bigger emphasis on, you know, Denwitty, just the, you know, When you lose Tim, you lose such a chunk of the offense, you know, coming off the bench now that, you know, he obviously moved to that bench role, but, but it's also kind of a, you know, if he did come back, they would have to figure out what happens with the the second unit. Like they would have to figure out, how Dinwiddie and him is going to play together. How yes. are they going to split up minutes? Who's who's he going to play over? Because Tim's yes. not going to come back and play eight minutes. You know He's not gonna just going to take Josh Green's role. So who's he taking minutes from? Is he taking it from Reggie Bullock? Is he taking it, you know, some from Dinwiddie? How would Dinwiddie and him fit? All of that. I don't know. But now they, they at least don't have to w- worry about figuring out that wrinkle in it of trying to figure out what to fix. But the downside is you are losing – some offense in Tim. And we were just saying the other day, it's like, Hey, that Charlotte game, that's a prime Tim game of like, Hey, he has like seven threes and they end up winning that game. We're like, Oh, okay, cool. Tim, you know, Tim had 28 points in this game and we couldn't have, you know, they needed, they desperately needed help. So I think for the Mavs, it puts a bigger, you know, bigger emphasis on the impact that Dinwiddie has coming off the bench.
0: Completely. And it puts more of an onus on Brunson too. Dinwiddie and Brunson and yeah. the Mavs shooters in Bullock, in Dorian, and in Maxi in non in non-March games. Um and don't forget that Tim was really good in the playoffs at times last year. Like he had four 20-point oh, yeah. games against the Clippers last year. He had um two 20-point games in an 18-point game and a 19-point game and a 17-point game against the Clippers the first year, right? It's like he... Overall, in those, let's. Can I do this on basketball reference? Oh, I can. He averaged 17 Mm -hmm. points a game in those 13 games against Clippers the last two years. Like in shooting, you know, 37% from three, hitting three threes a game, taking eight a game, uh, you know, had an assist and a half or so. But his scoring mattered for the Mavericks. And they had another guy that could put up, you know, 28 in a given game or 20 in a given game. And they needed that. And now Dinwiddie, like you said, fills that role. Hopefully Brunson steps up and fills his role a little bit better too. Um Dorian has taken a step forward as a shooter a little bit. Bullock is now in the fold he wasn't the last 2 years and so yeah, the onus is on those guys. Dwight Powell is all of a sudden like a, a monster scorer now that it's now that it's March. <laughs> Maybe he takes a step forward, but but that's what that's what the Mavs have to rely on now. With Tim Hardaway Jr. out, they have to rely more on these other guys to step up. And when before Dinwiddie like came over and when Tim Hardaway was still out and Porzingis was out, all of a sudden it was like just Luka and Brunson. That was, that was the only yeah. scoring. And it was just so, the Mavs are so exposed on who could get a bucket for them at any time. And now at least you have Dinwiddie and that that changes things for you.
2: There would be something that is intriguing just to think about of if he was healthy, what Dinwiddie and him off the bench as a scoring punch. That's nice. That, you know, Luka and Brunson's on the bench. You're, like, you're not that worried. It'd be the first time probably in Luka's career that you're like, oh, okay, well, our offense probably it shouldn't struggle that much if we're having you know Denwitty and Tim out there at the same time with the other guys, but it looks like it's not going to happen. And I think the bigger question is, you know, what's Tim's future in Dallas? Have we seen you know the last game in Dallas for Tim Hardaway? Because we we seen his name connected to all the rumors and reports and stuff around the trade deadline. They obviously held on to him. They shopped him.
0: Jake Fisher yeah. said that they did shop him
2: definitely shopped him at the deadline. And now you go into next season. I mean, right now before a Brunson deal has even, you know, happened they are $150 million on their payroll for next season, according to hoops hype. So, you know, obviously factor in the Brunson stuff. Something's getting moved around. We know Mark's willing to pay the tax for next year, but there's going to definitely, he
0: said he is,
2: (laughs) there's definitely going to be some trades or maneuvers or something, you know, going into next season.
0: Yeah, and you said before before you hit record, is th- well, did Tim play his last game for the Mavs? That's very possible. That's very possible that he has not yeah. that he has played his last game for the Mavs so far, and uh, and that's interesting to think about his career. And you know, when he signed that extension, we were excited about it, and then this year he was a little down, and um, and then at times we're like, oh dang, we're missing Tim Hardaway, <laughs> Hardaway Junior. But his career has been really interesting, and uh, he's and the highest
2: yeah. paid player on the team. Right
0: yeah as of right now he is the highest paid player on the team but but yeah the mavs will be without him so that's the news of the day the warriors also lost to the orlando magic and that is notable for the mavs because of all the things we mentioned earlier about how um you know the mavs are are pretty close to them are you still in the same boat where you would rather take Utah in a first round than you would take the warriors
2: that's tough just but it's only because you know Steph and his health and that that's my it's only thing. I just if you're telling me we're getting staff at 40%, I might lean Golden State just because yeah. I think I'd still take Utah though.
0: That Warriors team is a little bit of a mess right now. And the Jazz at least the Jazz know who they are, and that would be a battle between them. The yeah. Warriors, it could be like that could be a five game series in favor of the Mavs because the Warriors just have all this stuff going on right now and don't know. And can't like get back on track. Like this is this would be a back on tracks like series for them, in the first round. And I'm not sure the Mavs are a team that you want to try to get back on track with the defense that they play, and all that. So
2: let, uh, let me see let me see in like a week and a half the Warriors because I'm obviously I, I'm also not ruling out them going on a run without Steph. They piece it all together because they have Draymond and Clay, and they kind of turn around. And then you're like, all right, they're just, they kind of got their groove back. And now they're going to add Steph back. I don't want to see that. Or they could legit crumble, and then a week and a half from now, I'm saying that's the exact team I want because they're losing; they they look in shambles, and so yeah, I could I could switch to this soon.
0: They're four and six in their last ten; they look in shambles right now, and so coming up, we're gonna get into. Uh, a conversation with Nico Harrison, Mike Leslie of WFAA, sat down with him. We got the the recording of it, and we're going to play you a couple of clips that we found interesting about the Porzingis trade and about free agency. Can the Mavs get a seat at the table with some of these big free agents? talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about a place where you can get a seat at the table for your daily fantasy needs. It's prize picks. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. That's how prize picks works. Go check it out. If you haven't yet, if you heard me say this a whole bunch of times, go to Prize Picks, sign up for an account, it's super easy. I'm gonna log into mine right now, and then I'm gonna check out all the things available for me on Prize Picks. They have all kinds of stuff. They have uh, esports. They have uh, ooh, Memphis versus the the Brooklyn Nets. They have a bunch of different uh, opportunities for you to go ahead and put down some. Uh, that, here we go. Kevin Durant, 27 and a half points over under. Kyrie Irving, 25 and a half points over under. Ooh, maybe you go the over on KD, the under on Kyrie Irving. You could pick that, put it in Prize Picks, and uh and you can win some money. Go ahead and check it out. Prize Picks is an exclusive offer for all of our users. Users get fifty dollars for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, use the promo code NBA. That's promo code NBA. It's prizepicks Use the app today. Thanks for bringing Locked On Maps. Your first listen for your next listen. Check out Locked On Now podcast nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's Locked On Now. All right, Isaac. Let's get into this conversation between Mike Leslie from WFAA and Nico Harrison. He was asked about the Kristaps Porzingis trade, which is now dubbed. Can we just start calling it the Spencer Dinwiddie trade? Is that no. now? You're not there yet. I'm, I mean, obviously,
2: I like <laughs> Dinwiddie. Uh, fit in dallas more than you know porzingis but i think just because porzingis was the bigger you know player in the deal
0: he's just taller
2: height wise yeah <laughs> it's just the porzingis trade but uh, so here's wait, wait, what did gonna win him a playoff game or like hey is over. it's over I mean, he trade. already
0: hit a game winner against the nets so it's true I mean, this is what nico harrison had to say about that trade and why the maps made it
3: on a more micro level with what's gone on in the last few weeks when did you know it was time to move on from Kristaps' Porzingis? Um,
1: Good question. You know, the, the trade at the end of the day was really about the Mavericks and, and what makes them, how can we make us better? And it was less about Kristaps, like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's injured a lot, and he was, but he's still a talented player. Mm. You know, I think the other, other day he played for the first time, he had like 25 points. Like, he's a good player. He's gonna have good games. Mm. He would have had good games here. He's gonna have good games wherever. Um, I think we had an opportunity, really, in in Davis and Spencer to make our roster better. And that was really ultimately the decision.
3: With a guy making that much money to then take that contract, not only turn one player into two, but to turn one contract into two. how How instrumental in the deal was that for being nimble as a franchise going yeah, forward.
1: Yeah, you know that. I mean, that's that's the reason you do it. You, one player into two, one contract into two, and now you have all the flexibility in the world, which is what you want. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what you want. There's a couple of things in there that I found interesting, is that he said we had an opportunity to get our roster better. Do you think he thinks that Spencer Dinwiddie makes them a better team like you did? Remember that the when the trade went down, when Porzingis got traded, you said, I think the Mavericks are actually better today than they were before. I wasn't so sold on that. But do you think that that's what he was going for? Or was it about the flexibility he mentioned at the end of that?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's kind of funny. I didn't want to, like, call out him kind of contradicting himself. But it's, you know, by him saying the second one, he's like, yeah, that's that's why we did it, you know, for the the two (laughs) contracts. But he also talked about how it made the roster better. And I think it's two things. Mm -hmm. It can be two things. I think it was more about making the roster better, even though I think I do think both are true. Yes, right now. I think. I mean, yeah, I said it then. I think now, I think their ceiling is higher now that they have that third spot. They they moved the Porzingis spot into a ball handler creator, and what Dinwiddie is bringing them. So,
0: see for me, I think it was more about the flexibility thing. I think when he said make the roster better, I think he's looking forward. I think he's forward thinking because then he's then he, I think he didn't contradict himself. He says he says it's about making your roster better, and for him, it's make the roster better down the lane. The Chris House Porzingis contract and as a player was such a it was holding the Mavericks back in so many different ways, right? There's only yeah. we well, said this a bunch now, but there's so many different only so many players that can play next to Porzingis. We would talk about these players like, you know, Gafford or Steven Adams or you know, some of these guys would become Jonas Valanciunas would become available, and we would say, Can that guy play next to Porzingis? And that became a question. Now, no question, right? Now the Mavs are open to playing any style that they want, right? They can try any kind of different thing or any kind of center and they can play different different ways and the, that was holding them back and so now I think when Nico Harrison thinks, it's about the flexibility. It's about the flexibility of the roster and the contracts. You split that contract into two and all of a sudden they can do a couple different things with it and that's what I think he was alluding to which I find interesting and it's, it's interesting just to hear that from Nico Harrison, that confirmation of all the things that we've been thinking about. Yeah, 100%. The other thing that he talked about with Mike Leslie was about um free agency and about adding players to to the roster because it's not just about it, the, this Mavs team is not ready to like win a title right now. I don't know if you remember back in the preseason or I don't, you
2: know, I don't know. They they probably could have a seat at the table with some of the top <laughs> teams in the league.
0: This is gonna be our this is gonna be our new thing. Get ready for it. But if you remember when he first got introduced, the question I asked him was do you think this roster is ready to win an NBA championship right now? Or what does this roster need to win an NBA championship? And he said, you know, with this with this coaching, I think that we can come in and make big make change right now. And so he kind of says that. And they did. They, and they did make change right now. They were right. I was very skeptical that, <laughs> of him saying that. But it seemed to be right. Um, now in this, see if you can hear something that he, you know, if he alludes to anything like that. And then also, let's play a game. <laughs> Let's play a game. How many times, take a drink every time you hear either Nico or Mike Leslie, shout out to both. Um, anytime you hear them say seat at the table.
3: I know you can't go into any specifics. I'm not trying to get you in trouble here with tampering or anything along those lines, but how instrumental can that be in that process come July?
1: Uh, listen, I think, I think Dallas is gonna get a seat at the table. For free agents if they want. Um, I'm not sure if they, if Dallas had previously had a seat at the table, um, but I think, you know, and it's, it's not just about me either. If you look at Jason Kidd, if you look at Mark Cuban, between the collective group, we'll get a seat at the table for sure.
3: Why do you think that was an issue? Just, just your perspective, your opinion. Why do you think having a seat at the table in the free agency landscape was such a problem for this organization for the last decade, if not longer?
1: Honestly, I, I don't have the history, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even tell you. Um, I, I don't know that they didn't have a seat at the table, um, but I just know that this group will have a seat at the table.
3: What can you, I don't know if change is the right word, what can you do to ensure that that seat at the table leads to walking away from the table with somebody?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot. There's so many factors that go into free agency. Um, it's, it's tough to say, well, one, you got to have a seat at the table to have a chance. And so I think if you have a seat at the table, then, you, then now you need a little luck on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you have a seat at the table, you have a, a, a good enough team mm-hmm. um, that can win, a team that has the culture that people want to be a part of, um, which is, is, that's the work that you're doing now. That's not the work you do when you're at the table. Then mm-hmm. I think all that helps, and then you get the seat at the table, and then you just lay your, lay your cards out, take your chances.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to be at the Lord's table after that. <laughs> Come to, to, to the altar. Take communion.
1: <laughs> I spit water out everywhere.
0: Um, is it important for the maps to have a seat at the table? Like, is that? I mean, is that our takeaway from what he just said? Because honestly, how many times did we just drink? Like, he said that seven or eight times.
2: I'm glad I was drinking water. Same. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to start because he said it so many times they're confident about that seat. Like they
0: think at, they're going to at the table,
2: at the table, at the <laughs> table. They're going to have a seat. It is. But yeah, coming up after the Um, <laughs> I do. I, I do think there is something to him showing the confidence in that, that there's one thing for media and for fans to say, Hey, that relationship with players, it's going to lead to them having that seat at the table, but for the GM to come out (laughs) and stuff it for the GM to actually say of like, no, I'm confident we're going to, we're going to have that seat. And I don't know. I don't know. Nico, you know, personally and all that. If like, he's the type of guy that's going to like guarantee things or promises things all the time. But let's just say he's not that type of guy to where he's not going to say those things lightly. And, he like is saying that with confidence that it's like oh okay you you are really confident either you're talking to the right people you know the right things and it's like no we're going we're going to get that seat so it's cool
0: yeah coming up how does that confidence matter we'll talk about that and then also we want to get into the Luka Doncic interview on JJ Reddick's podcast he said a couple of interesting things that we think matter for this season and also just some fun stuff from Luka and then um and then uh and then we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that at the table coming up <laughs> but before we do let me tell you about built bar you talk about it around the table around mm. the table you people are you know people are talking about Well, wow, i want to make this change in my diet i want to do this i want to eat better built bar is the thing for you snacking I just, is, I just
2: had one a little bit ago
0: what, what flavor Jab
2: brownie coconut brownie
0: the the goat coconut brownie chunks the best the best built bar but if you want to change your snacking start with built bar built bar it's a protein bar tastes like a candy bar i just opened the website and oh my god brownie batter puffs Mm. i'm adding them to my cart i'm just i'm clicking can you hear my clicking i'm adding it to my cart right now It's a delicious protein bar they're great for you go check them out worth the price of admission hosts all over this network we we you know pedal we pedal built bars every day and we buy them with our own money that's how it works around here well uh well you know you will not be disappointed when you get a built bar go check them out use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your entire order at built.com all right isaac i wanted to, t- to talk briefly more about the Nico Harrison interview because, he, you know, we joke about the seat at the table and all that. We, you know, even Mike Leslie throwing a couple seats at the table and his questions there just threw, threw me through me a loop. Uh-huh. Um, But his thing is, we're going to be there, right? We're going to be there. We're going to be at the table. And I think that confidence, like you said, matters for this franchise and matters for Luca and it matters for um him staying in Dallas it matters for his goals which on this JJ Redick podcast he said that my goal is to win an NBA championship that's all that's left for me like he was asked about awards and things like that he's been asked about awards before every year when when you and I talk about awards for Luca and say well you know we're splitting hairs is he gonna make first team all NBA you know why didn't he get most improved and we get upset about that and always have people on our mentions say well he doesn't care about that you're right 100% 100% he doesn't care about that. But you know what he does care about? It's a championship. So how do they move forward in doing that? You got to get to the the place where you're talking to these guys first, talking to guys that matter and talking to guys that will change the franchise, will make the franchise better, which is why, which is what I think he was talking about with the KP trade. We wanted to make the the, the franchise better. And so how do you do that? You become more multiple with your contracts. Then you get a seat at the table again. Here, where's the?
2: I can't drink again.
0: Dallas is going to get a seat at the table. They'll get a seat at the table, and
2: then... (laughs) The wine. The wine.
0: (laughs) And then... And then you can bring them in by signing and trading for a couple of these contracts, right? I think that's what the Mavs are going to have to do because they're not going to have cap space. So that's what's going to have to to happen for the Mavs. I find that interesting. It's something to look forward to for the, the off-season because I think stuff is something's going to happen. I think something yeah. is is going to happen because this this they're they're this is a table-setting move because
1: Dallas is going to get a seat at the table.
0: All right, Luka Doncic was on JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man and the Three, great great um podcast with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter. He had a couple of things to say. And there's a couple of things I think matter for the Mavs. The first one, about yelling at the refs. This is not, this became a viral story where he said that Dirk Dirk taught him to sing a little song when you want to yell at the refs instead to try and just kind of calm yourself down. But the thing I thought mattered the most was, Luca said this, quote, I had a little talk with myself. It was unacceptable the way I was acting. This can't keep going on. It's really a bad look. It's over now. Yeah. That's maturity, right? That's what maturity is. Whenever you have something in your life, like an action that you do, biting your nails, you know, something, Something's, you know, maybe it's dumb, but maybe it's actually something that matters, you know, talking to my wife a certain way, or maybe it's, um, you know, not asking questions to people or, or caring about what people say when they, when they ask how my day is or, you know, something like that. You're like, Hey, I got to stop acting childish like this. And I need to move forward and I need to just make a change in my life. And sometimes it doesn't work cold Turkey. We saw Luca in, you know, in the, the Minnesota game, get real fired up at times and get close to another tech, but he has changed. And this has gotten better. And I think that's made the Mavs better for it.
2: Yeah, he was so definitive of, hey, this is done. Like, it's over. Yep. And I I thought, yeah, I thought that was something. It wasn't just a, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work on that. You know, I can get a little out of hand sometimes. I know it's kind of embarrassing. Whatever. No, it was a, no, I, I'm done with this. I, I learned from it. And I'm like, all right, dang. Now, I mean, his actions just have to prove it at this point, right?
0: For sure, and I think they have at least from the games since this interview, right? Because we know since that interview, he, you know, there have been games where he's just been way more calm and collected, and he wasn't but, laughing. But is he, he doing wasn't,
2: that? Is he doing it because of the tech limit, or is he like that's what I want to know? Sure, like, I mean, what consequences are
0: a great motivator to stop you from doing something that you don't want to do anymore, right?
2: Yes, but is it because what he said on the pod of like he realized his behavior and like all of that? So I'll. I almost want to see what this looks like November 2022, beginning of the season. Is it, you know, is it, is, it, is it going to be a full change or is it, hey, I change whenever I hit like the 13 tech mark, you know, like that, that that's why either way he recognizes it. And it seems like he's putting some things in place to, you know, like songs, like the lockdown as intro. He's probably listening to that before <laughs> he gets a tech. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavis Podcast. He's that's probably, exactly li- like probably
0: listening to that song. Just straight away listening to that He's part. walking out and of, I am Luka Doncic. Have we seen Luka do this before to try to avoid texts? Yes, we have. We have seen him do this at the end of a season. But maybe it's something that he saw. With, it really was getting worse than it has been before this season. and So maybe that's something he looked at and said, hey, I just got to make a change. Um, the other thing with, I thought mattered for the Mavs was his the way he talked about Dirk and the way he brought up Dirk. Usually Dirk is mm. brought up to him, especially that last year. You know, his rookie year when it was Dirk's last year, and I think even that second year when, uh, you know, Dirk was not around the team anymore, everybody asked him about Dirk. But Luca actually brought him up this time, and I thought it was a meaningful way.
2: Yeah, when he, you know, J.J., it was either J.J. or Tommy to ask him, hey, what's your kind of first impression of Dallas? What were they, you know, playing for the Mavs? Obviously, Reddick played for the Mavs. And he starts, you know, he talks about the city a little bit and just the organization a tad, but he brings up Dirk on his own. And I was, you know, listening to it in the car. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this this relationship, because like you said, there, it's completely different whenever somebody asked you, you, know, asks Luca, man, what's it like having Dirk, you know, in the franchise yeah. and all this stuff? And what is he going to say? Like, he's going to brag on it. He's going to be like, oh, it's just a blessing. To have him. Whatever. Yeah, says. of
0: course. You know, yeah, of, yeah, of course. He's a great player. And he's a legend.
2: Yeah, of one of the best scores ever. But when he's asked about the city and the franchise and he brings up Dirk on his own yeah. as man, it's just so cool having him as I'm like, oh, OK, this really does mean something to you. You're not just giving us the, the the fluff answer when somebody asks you about him. It really does mean something to him about the relationship. And I, I thought that was a notable thing.
0: Yeah. Think about all the different personalities and people he could have brought up in that. Right. And he, and he mentions Dirk specifically. Yeah. And I think that matters. It's not a slight on anybody else, I don't think, but it is specifically a, a positive in Dirk's favor. The other thing he said when asked about the, about Dallas and his first impressions, he said, you know, the city of Dallas, I always say this, you have everything, but it's not too much.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and honestly, I love that about Dallas because that's one thing I love about Dallas. You have everything available to you, right? There's, if you want to go to an amusement park, you got, you got Six Flags. You want to go to a sporting event. Do they have any sporting events in Dallas? Like it's every weekend, it feels like there's something. Uh, you We're know, all go to
2: the- Ikea. Go to Ikea. You, you got, go got six flags.
0: They got two Ikeas in Dallas, right? Like they, they multiple
2: I one. used to have to go to Cincinnati to go to Ikea when I was growing up.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> When I was your Who age. Who wants
2: to go to Cincinnati?
0: You got all kinds of restaurants. You got all kinds of different neighborhoods, and there's all kinds of things in Dallas. You got another city, Fort Worth. Right? Like you, you want to go to another city? Fort Worth, go to Fort Worth is
2: different than Dallas. It is. Let's
0: clear that up, everyone. You want to go to a different it city? Is go different. To, go there. Go to Fort Worth. You can do that in one day. Um, but, yeah, I, I love how he said that. And then the last thing he said that I found interesting was his favorite shot, like game winner, buzzer beater type shot, was the point seven point eight seconds shot in Portland. His rookie year to go into OT, that was an incredible shot. That that one I will never forget.
2: Yeah, I never forget that. I love how he referenced the Houston run, you know, the step backs. <laughs> him talking about that those was moves.
0: according to him the first time he did a step back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's just wild. Him just talking, you know, we don't get to see Luca really. And it's not like he went on some big huge monologues in this podcast, but he did yeah. give a little bit more than what we've been used to. And just the small things that we've seen clips of that listed in the pod of what he's looking for whenever he's breaking down guys and, and yeah. you know, these pick and rolls and watching the big and comparing, you know, Europe to, you know, the NBA and, you know, that, that quote, people have ran with that quote so much of, yeah, I think it's easier to score in the NBA and, you know, Radic asking that, well, how is that? And him just saying, well, yeah, like there's no defensive three in the key. <laughs> Yeah. you know, in, in Europe. So, you know, a guy like Rudy Gobert can just set in the paint and guard the rim. So <clears throat> I thought there was so much stuff. He's, he was a blast. I think on there, it was a lot of fun and yeah, it was, it was cool. And J, yeah, JJ, man, I, you can't give him enough praise what he's doing.
0: A lot of he's, his guests, he's, he's taking our jobs. <laughs> he's so, he's
2: so good at what he, what he does.
0: He's great. Great interview. Go check it out it's on YouTube podcasts everywhere. Uh, all that. And then you can go also to WFAA and watch the rest of the, uh, or you can <clears throat> go check out the Nico interview on WFAA. Go check out Mike Leslie on Twitter, all kinds of stuff. Guys, thanks for making Locked time Abs your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow with a Luca-less post-game show um, talking about the hopeful win against the Rockets. We'll see Din- Dinwiddie and Brunson and maybe Dwight leads him in scoring again. That'd be great. Uh, you can also check out Lockdown NBA. Go listen to that. It's with Tony East and John Corrales talking about the Eastern Conference, probably talking a little nuggets, talking a lot of stuff. Um, the Warriors lost, probably, all kinds of stuff on Lockdown NBA. Go check it out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, Monday through Friday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.